Hello and welcome to Victory Briefings, where we use the Word of God for a victorious life. I'm Dwight Hammond and I thank you for joining me today. Be blessed by the Holy Spirit as He gives you new revelation knowledge through the Word of God. Let's take a look at Ephesians 5, verses 8 through 14. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the Spirit, or the fruit of light, is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light, for whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, Awake, you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. This is an awesome scripture. Um, In Ephesians 5, 7, Paul encouraged the Ephesians not to become partakers with unbelievers in their sins. Why? Because the nature of the believer has changed, it was darkness, now it is light. Many people act holy, trying to find a relationship with God. But Paul is advocating holiness because of the relationship we already have with God. It's the nature of Christians to walk in the light, not in darkness. When a Christian really knows who they are and what they have in Christ, Holiness naturally flows out of them. It's their spiritual nature. Paul did not say that we are getting more and more light from the Lord, but that we are right now light in the Lord. True believers become light, signified by all the goodness of God, instead of darkness, which is the devil's evil in the world. The moment we are born again, we are in Christ in our inner selves. This is called positional truth, a spiritual reality that doesn't fluctuate with our performance. We need to realize our position in Christ is more than an unchanging spiritual truth. It's also temporal truth, or an experienced reality, while we're in the physical realm. Before we were born again, we were not just part-time children of the devil. We were lost all the time, even when we are acting good. Now we have a full-time job as being children of the light. That's who we are. That's our nature. Ephesians 5, 9 tells us, For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Galatians 5, 23 lists nine things as the fruit of the Spirit. Natural fruit can't grow without sunlight. The fruit of the Spirit can't grow without S-O-N, sunlight. We have to walk in the light to produce the fruit of the light. Only God is good. We are only righteous through Christ, and God's word is truth. In Ephesians 5, 8, Paul was promoting holiness because that's the nature of a Christian. Here, he gives us another reason for living godly lives. It's because the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. 
Ungodliness inhibits the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. That's not because God's love is conditional. His love is unconditional. But just as seeds cannot grow without light, so darkness and ungodliness in our lives hinder the fruit of the Spirit. If we cultivate a life of hatred, the fruit of love will not manifest. If we are truly born again, that love is present in our spirits, but it cannot flow while we're operating in the darkness of hatred. Ephesians 5.10 goes on to say, Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. Let me read those two verses together. For the fruit of the Spirit is, or the fruit of light, some translations say, for the fruit of light is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. The light is going to find things out. Now those who are truly born again are accepted in the Beloved, according to Ephesians 1.6, but their actions can be unacceptable and grieve the Holy Spirit, Ephesians 4, verse 30. The words finding out here, or, or proving, is in the King James Version, as used here, is speaking of making manifest to the physical realm, or showing openly to the world our new natures as children of light, spoken of in Ephesians 5.8. Paul had talked about Christians as children of light in their hearts in Ephesians 5.8, and so here he says, display that new nature through your actions, so that everyone can see the type of actions that are pleasing to God. This goes along with the old saying, your life is the only Bible some people will ever read. Make sure they are being presented the truth. Ephesians 5.11 says, And have no fellowship with unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. The Greek word used here in verse 11 for fellowship is a little different than what we're used to. This is a strengthening of the word koinonio that we're used to. And it means to participate in something with someone um, or to co-participate. It's only used three times in the New Testament here and Philippians 4.14 and Revelation 18 verse 4 that we'll talk about later. But uh, this is not koinonio, as we're used to for fellowship. This is a different Greek word, and you may want to look at my notes and, and do a word study for that. Koinonio is used 20 times in the New Testament. The Greek word used in this verse indicates the actual partaking of an ungodly person's deeds, as can be seen by the way it is translated in Revelation 18, verse 4. When speaking of Babylon, the Lord told his people to separate themselves from the ungodly religious system, lest they become partakers of her sins and receive of her plagues. The instruction in this verse is not to avoid unbelievers, but rather not to co-participate in their ungodly deeds. It is important to notice, too, that the works of darkness are what we are to avert, not the people who are doing these acts. We are to reject the sin, not the sinner. Ephesians 5, verses 11 through 13, gives us a simple way of judging whether or not our contact with the lost is 
in a godly fashion. We're supposed to reprove their actions. If we can do that and still maintain relationship, then we are probably relating to them in the proper way. If we are not exposing their deeds to the light, we should question whether the relationship is really God's will. Care must be taken that we are the ones ministering righteousness to them, not the other way around, where they are ministering ungodliness to us. Now the English word expose here is reproof in the King James Version. It was translated from a Greek word that means to rebuke in 1 Timothy 5.20, tell him his fault in Matthew 18.15, and convince in Titus 1.9, these uses combined with Ephesians 5, 12, and 13 leave no doubt that this is speaking about shining the light of God's righteousness on the ungodly darkness of the lost. We have to take a stand against ungodliness. There is a right and a wrong way of letting our light shine. The Pharisees were hypocritical in their proclamation of what was light, They also missed the issues of the heart and only dealt with the external. They totally omitted love and were self-serving in their rebukes. Truth without love is like a club, and tradition ministered in a judgmental attitude is even worse. Ephesians 5.12 says, For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. You see, Satan can and should be exposed in a way that does not glorify his actions or expose the listeners to temptations. One of the sad things going on in our society today is the open display of this and discussion of things that used to be considered unspeakable. Verse 13 says, But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light, for whatever makes manifest is light. It is a deception of the devil to think that our lives alone will shed God's light on the darkness of the world. It's true that speech without a life to uh, back it up is hypocritical and often turns people away from the truth. But a godly lifestyle without openly expressing the source of our goodness only brings glory to ourselves. These verses instruct us to verbally express our witness. Verse 14 tells us, therefore, he says, Awake you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. There's no Old Testament verse that says exactly what is quoted here. It may be possible that Paul is paraphrasing Isaiah 60, verses 1 through 3. Thank you for following the podcast. I hope you will share this message. God bless you, my friend. Remember, you can share your comments and prayer requests. Click the mailbag button on the website, or you can email me, mailbag at victorybriefings.net. With your permission, I'll read your comments on the mailbag section of the podcast. This program and other materials are available at victorybriefings.net.